Hey children, this is your gay auntie, this is Red Summer. And, uh, yeah, I'm honey for Walida, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> And I guess I guess that's your gay auntie because we're struggling. <laughs> and yes, and we will be diving into this today. I am really excited because it's been, the you know, the trickle was just, now it's like a stream, you know, like like one like one a week. We were like, oh look, we got another one. You know, it's like you got mail. You know, yes. Um, <laughs> but but I will take the momentum. I will take the momentum. So definitely, if if um, you if y'all are trying to figure out some things, sometimes you just need to kind of write yourself or hear yourself aloud. <laughs> ask the question. Dare to ask the question, and we are here. Um, with all of our learned knowledge from the years upon on earth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to answer them with love and as much clarity as we can muster. So, so we're going, since we're in such an abundance <laughs> of letters now, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to answer uh, a couple of letters today. Um, and they I would say they're, they're really good letters some good stuff to talk about yeah so okay so our first one is from hold on make sure don't always forget um if they want their name okay m we have m here (laughs) 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 when i read all the way to the bottom i would appreciate if you say, hey, aunties, and then in big, bold letters, this is what I want you to call me, or I don't care what you call me. <laughs> okay? All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so M says, hey, ladies, um, I just started listening, and I absolutely love your podcast and your insight. I'm the gay one in the family. So I'm at, I'm at a loss when it comes to older people in the queer community I can talk to. Question. How do I navigate people's assumptions about my sister? actual biological grew up with sister and I when we're out in public context we live in the Midwest not a lot of queer people or people of color um, especially in my small town I just moved back home from New York City where I was um, where I was able to freely explore myself and my preferences including how I like to dress my sister is straight and feminine I identify as bi and have been playing around with gender fluidity the problem is that when we go out together, bars, parties, etc., people seem to assume we're in a relationship. This has to be something that happens to other people, but it's definitely new to me since I didn't always dress masculine. Also, I don't usually have a ton of friends. I've always moved around a lot, and the friends I had in New York were guys, women, I had romantic sexual relationships with, or people I only really saw at parties, usually queer parties. I don't know if that's Excuse me, I don't know if that I'm just in a more conservative place now, but I didn't have um, this issue before, or at least it wasn't so identifiable um, as feeling across an entire room, as a feeling across the entire room. Is this just something I have to get used to? Should I just dress feminine when we go out? Like, do we <laughs> need name tags or some shit like that? <laughs> 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 This is my sister. <laughs> now, hope I gave enough info. Mm-hmm. I tried to keep um, on from rambling, blah, 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 blah. That I boom, bomb. Thank you for your help. I still catching up on past episodes. Sorry if um, you've already talked about this. No, we haven't. <laughs> we have not. No. Wow. Yay. <laughs> um, I, hmm. Honestly, I, I, I'm trying because, you know, when, when people ask, like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't have a uh, uh, sister siblings and um and but it's something i think about and it's something i've experienced but just in a different context you know like um i've been um like with uh a female bandmate who's a straight you know uh feminine uh black woman right and we're walking and we're like outside of the country (laughs) actually this specifically happened in the bazaar in turkey right and we just you know we're going on on um, a mission to get these souvenirs in before we leave town so we zip in and doing our thing in the, in the bazaar. And of course, we're close because we work together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So blah, 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 blah. And you see the, the, the energy, like usually, okay, 
when energy, you know, when people, you know, throw us energy thinking that we're a couple, at first initially, you know, just thinking that we're a straight couple, honestly, you just roll with it. It's like, these people don't need to know nothing no more than they thinking. Like, it's all good. Whatever they yeah. seeing, whatever they thinking, it's, um, it's giving us respect in this moment. We need that because we're trying to haggle this price right here. <laughs> and it's bizarre. You know what right. I mean? Like, <laughs> like you can't. Um, I guess what I'm essentially saying is that sometimes in those situations, as long as there's no danger involved or no pending danger, sometimes just roll with it. Let people think what they're going to think. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. guys just be you guys. And quite honestly, if you just continue just being you I, over time, or, I mean, the time within minutes, people will see your energy and it'll, it'll start to become a little bit more obvious your relationship. You know what I mean? Like you can correct people, correct them nicely and keep it moving, but don't, don't get too world up because people are miscoupling you. <laughs> you yeah. I mean? And that's, that was one of my um, questions about it was like, um, is, is this a problem because, um, I mean, not that you want anybody to think that you're dating your sister. Right. But are you unsafe or is it, I might want to holler at somebody and they think my sister is my girl and so they're not coming to talk to me or, <laughs> right? So um, is it making my sister uncomfortable because now people think she's gay? Yeah, that- Right? Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a couple of um, ways that this, you know, could be like an issue for you all. I'm not sure that I know um, which one that is though. Yeah, I'm not sure, but we can quickly just go over um, all three because I think you really hit it on the um, on the head. It's like, well, what's the context of that? Aside mm -hmm. from the social geographic context of where you're living, and the fact that you two are sisters, where does the problem really lie? You know, right. um, and I really didn't actually hear your sister's voice in all this, like where how she feels. I don't remember reading mm -hmm. that part of things. Yeah, I don't think I did. Yeah, so this made for me that sounds like most this mostly rests with you. So you're either uncomfortable people mistaking your sister as a partner for whatever mm -hmm. social reasons or just maybe unnerving reasons. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, it could be unnerving, but honestly, just laugh it off. It's, it's ridiculous. And you're talking about total strangers at this point, you know, yeah. as far as fleeting, you know, just brushes with people like whatever, you know, <clears throat> mm -hmm. but, um, but the other one, as far as, you know, maybe the social, like, sister cock blocking if you will <laughs> listen i mean i've always had to deal with that because like i said most of my friends are feminine you know what i mean uh -huh. but i've never really looked at first of all as the masculine person unfortunately in most cases you are expected to step to whomever you're attracted to all right ain't nobody you know you get old and gray waiting for somebody <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm, I don't so, know that I'm going to agree with that one, but okay, I'll, I'll well, talk you know about what, you that know, later. No, 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 no. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, I, again, not generally speaking, but in the context of my life, generally speaking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Well, yeah. All right. That, well, that being said, um, you did highlight that, you know, you, you lean towards the masculine persuasion. So I'm assuming that it's on you, whatever. I, I just get away from all that. Mm -hmm. my, my point being, <laughs> my point being <laughs> that regardless of what a woman may be thinking, you know, as soon as you get up <laughs> and go over, mm -hmm. you will then give her the clarity that the she clarity. needs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And if she's really clocking you like that, she will begin to start to see the resemblance that you have to someone she thought was your woman. Mm -hmm. Femmes are not stupid if they're interested. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. True. So I think so. Again, this goes back to to Red really trying to unpack really where does where is the discomfort? Where is the I want to change? Should I change this? Or even ask yourself and question yourself whether you should change this situation? Yeah. yeah. Of like, should I dress more femme when we're out together? No. That part kind of. Well, yes. No. Um, that part kind of. <laughs> was the part that struck me and like mm. is it because your sister is uncomfortable with um being like flagged as gay you said you're in a small town so that could probably lead to some of the like um possibly like the social anxiety around it 
I know your sister doesn't want to not go out with you, right? <laughs> um, but if she's feeling a way about, you know, being um, pegged as gay because she's out with you, then that will probably put some, uh, just some strain on your relationship in that way. Um, and that's kind of, it's unfortunate. I want to say whack, but <laughs> I don't want to make it like I'm, you know, like I'm saying no. nothing bad about your sister, but you know, that's a, a reality that people face, right? Um, mm-hmm. Especially in that, like, well, I don't want nobody to think I'm gay, so I'm not going to be your friend. You know, that kind of thing I've heard before. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm even going to inspect deeper and it, her her concern it sounds like she has more of a concern for her sister mm-hmm. and sometimes when um okay i'm gonna be i'm gonna walk gentle with this and and understand um i may not be talking about you but i know i'm talking to others mm-hmm. okay sometimes when you put someone close to you like a sister another family member like i want to look out for them i want to protect them in some way um, from my who I am, mm-hmm. you know that in phrasing it like that or putting someone else out in front of the reason why or you, you're making all these decisions around this to protect this someone. Usually, in most cases, either you have not really had a conversation with this one person to actually get a, a real good idea of where they sit and stand, and two, it really has probably nothing even to do with them. You know, it's just like a, it's like a buffering um, mechanism. Um, this, honestly, I'm going to take a really wild guess that most of this has to do with your own comfortability. And yes, you spent some time in New York and you were free, but you got to be free everywhere. And you got, and that's going to look different wherever you stand. Yeah. It's going to feel different. Yeah, yeah. But, it, but even though it feels, it may look different, you are the orchestrator of your moves and your shifts and your in what you present in the world, depending on where you're at. And I think that is something that you may need to get comfortable with and walking in who you are, wherever you are and with whomever you're with and everyone else will have to kind of fall in line with that you know yeah the the placing of the the geography stands out for me so mm-hmm. like that's why I'm I'm kind of going back to like is this a situation where you feel mm-hmm. like you have to protect your sister because um, you think she's uncomfortable mm, or okay. is this a situation where you feel like um, people are looking at you, people are looking at her, whereas before nobody really cared. Nobody in New York cares if you get <laughs> for the most part, mm-hmm. unless they're tourists. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then they can go home because <laughs> we don't we don't yeah. do that. Right. <laughs> um, but also <laughs> like this might be like a hypersensitive place that you're in because you haven't had to deal with something like that. You haven't had to deal with people staring at you or looking at you or trying to figure you out so much. And, but I would agree with Hanifa in that that may be something that you all need to have a conversation about. I know that um, my best friend is a, a straight feminine woman and sometimes <laughs> she'll be like okay you my girlfriend tonight <laughs> like <laughs> wherever we going like I'm not trying to be dealing with that <laughs> right even if we're out in in straight places right <laughs> and so yeah. you know maybe your sister is uncomfortable with that like maybe she's not um but because we don't or know that, could, like, I don't go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And just and just guessing that it could even be the flip or what, you know, if, if you do, if you both, if this is an issue that you both want to fix or you maybe you've talked about it. You can't figure it out why, but you guys are partners in this game of life together as sisters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then y'all need to get a game plan because this doesn't have to all be on oh, you, sweetie. True. Y'all sisters. So she need to be in on the game plan on how to defend the both mm-hmm. of you when you're out in public, which is one of the things that you acquire a partner in dealing with the public when you have, when you are actually with your partner and you're actually two queer Mm -hmm. people. Again, that same reason why I 
don't fuck. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but if your sister's down for you, just like it sounds like you are down for your sister and you want you guys, if it is a safety, sometimes an issue, or even if it is an annoyance you want to avoid, you guys can make a game of it. You guys can game, or just have a game plan to be able to deal with every situation, you know what I mean, that you that you either dealt with already or you fear you may deal with, you know, and let that be you so you two can walk out in you, both of your truths and be able to deal with anything because you guys already have yeah. your family game planned down. I have the opposite yeah. situation. I don't know that my wife and I look alike, but everybody always asks, are we sisters first? <laughs> like... And I'm looking at her like, I know we have not been together long enough to already look alike. So, but the, it's automatically, are you sisters? And then we have to be like, no. <laughs> and not with the attitude with it, but like, yeah, nah, that's, that's not what this is. Um, so yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. It's just, um, I guess to answer the point with clarity, like I, you know, if it is a problem for you or your sister, you all come up with your game plan, how you're going to manage it as a team, um, figure it out so everybody's comfortable. And if it's just a problem for you um, that you haven't really, I guess, figured out how to, to manage on your own and you are afraid that people are um, clocking her as bae and not really giving you the chance to holler, then, <laughs> then you might want to make sure that you want that space because, you know, you opening it up for people who you may or may not be attracted to to come on up and holler. And then you got to learn how to manage. <laughs> or you go holler at them. Hey, bae, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Get the solution yeah. for everything. You know what I mean? You just got to be clear where you know where the problem actually is, where it lies. There's always a solution, as long as you're looking at it clearly. So those are a few solutions, you know, just us trying to guess on what the, even, you know, what the other context we may not know, you know, what this is, if it is a danger thing, if it is that or the third. But, yeah. Um, Y'all got yeah, this? This is good. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, beautifuls, this is Honey for Walida. Just interjecting here um, to encourage you all to patronize our Patreon page. We want to thank everyone who has done so, so far, and it's really helping us out. But your aunties need a technical upgrade, especially Auntie Red. <laughs> so we need to get Red, you know, a couple of things. Um... And as you will hear, in the second half of episode 30, we go into a letter um, by a young person that we that just tickled us to death, um, also really touched us deeply, and we answered her letter thoroughly. But because of these technical difficulties, some of that audio didn't make it through. So what you're going to hear is basically somewhat of like an edited highlights of our answers so it's not from beginning to end but there's some really choice stuff in there that everyone needs to hear i think to whatever extent um but it's not the whole kit and caboodle but to support your gay aunties and making sure that every word that we say comes through to you just go on over and you know hit us off with some bones you know what i mean at patreon.com slash your gay aunties so here is letter two enjoy well you would enjoy it better you know what i'm saying once we get that check that go upgrade all right y'all letter two we do have another letter yeah this one Oof, honey <laughs> i gotta take a deep breath with this one hold on this is what i got into this for <laughs> oh yeah i agree I this agree. This is the most um, precious letter. Okay. Are you are, you reading it? No, you're reading it, girl. We can split okay. it in half. It is kind of long, but I think it's it's important. Okay. Um, where did I? Oh, did I close it out? Let me go back to it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sam. So, yeah. Sam. Um, hi, Red and Hanifa. I just started listening to this show. I'm 25 years old. As a kid due to childhood abuse that made me extremely 
socially anxious. So I worked through it. Uh, I worked through it, though, and really came out of my shell at undergrad. Had friends, got to party and all of that good stuff. Had a great social life in in your comfortable social circle. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But as an issue, but an issue that I've always had is reading social cues from women about when they like me, are flirting or are interested in me or when it's time to initiate any form uh, of intimacy or sex, I freeze up. In college, all the women I ended up with were aggressive femmes and hollered at me, so obviously that I couldn't ignore it. (laughs) Like being told by one ex that she was plotting on me for a while before walking up and introducing herself, my obtuse ass (laughs) really thought she was straight and just needed new friends on campus or whatever, or whatever it was she told me. I have a million more examples of times where women have hinted very heavily that they were interested in me and I just didn't get it. I realized it way after the fact, like, oh, she's trying to flirt or she was really throwing a booty. (laughs) Okay. Can I stop though? Right here. No. This, may have to, this may have to be a stop. This <laughs> right. may have to be read and stop. All yes. Right. I okay, totally okay. get it. I never knew when anybody liked me. Um, I was always like the last one to know. So I <laughs> I get it. And people be like, no, like I had a crush on you for six years. I'm like, where was I? Like <laughs> Everyone is oblivious. <laughs> Unless they stay on the hunt, yeah. everyone is oblivious. And you talking to you talking to two performers. Right. I have missed out on so much ass <laughs> in my life. <laughs> because I was oblivious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oblivious. And you know, then like you said, it was too late. Mm-hmm. And I've even said, like, thinking about, like, being on tour and stuff, people are like, oh, well, what's going on after? Like, where you going? I'm like, to the room. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to catch up on some reading, you know. And they're like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was sitting up there like, it's so lonely on the road. (laughs) Nobody wants to hang out with me. Oh, my God, (laughs) right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I so, don't get yeah. it. So you're not alone, Sam. No, you're not alone. At all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but also, every time it comes to initiating sex, Sam goes on. Breaking that initial ice really takes a lot for me. One ex, it took me months to initiate sex because of the anxiety. But my last relationship in 2016, I actually initiated things with my ex. But I conquered my fear at the time. And now I feel like I moved backwards. Hmm. And so there um, comes a situation. Well, I'll just read it. In 2017, I was in an emotionally, um, I, I was in an emotionally abusive and extremely toxic situation for about a year. I was bullied and belittled by my so-called friend and partner to the point where it destroyed my self-esteem and ability to relate to women. Right. So you already have the the initial shyness and that that comes from this abuse um, that you endured as a child, and then you're in a relationship mm-hmm. that I I would say like mm-hmm. solidifies feeds off of it. Yeah. Um. And it in the 2018, she said, I really struggled to relate to women again and failed pretty miserably at trying to date, but I did work really hard on myself. All right, so got really deep in my spiritual practice, worked on chakras, yada, bing, mm-hmm. boom, bam. And I healed finally from the situation after a lot of work. So she healed from that 2017 good, situation. Good. Well, so the, the thing that's coming up for me, um, so work on your confidence, like you feel good in yourself. You're, you know, you're building all of these supports, right? Emotional supports for yourself. You're working on your self-esteem fixing the damage from these past experiences. Like you're, you're good on, on that personal level, but your confidence has been broken um, and not rebuilt on being able to one, trust yourself 
in who you're initiating relationships with. Um, and also like what, even when the person, even when the woman is like, has expressed interest, you're still doubting whether or not she's maybe honest or real or like, uh, what, what you all have agreed upon is even still valid. And so I get from like being in a place where like, you want to make sure you have consent. <laughs> like You want to make sure that, you know, <laughs> that things are still, you know, where they were the last time you talked, like that can be a challenging place to be. Right. Like, I think that constant check-in um, allows you the confidence of knowing that this is something that we both want and it's okay if I proceed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I feel like my pussy just dried up, just dried up no. from, that, from that, that narrative of a night. I mean, <laughs> Um, while that is a good thing, you might be hyper focused on um, whether or not she is is still interested. Like even when she's giving you consent and like came over for the sole purpose of, right? <laughs> you still that's still something that that you seem to be concerned about. That's what I'm concerned, hearing. if not if not questioning. And I think the act of questioning do is. I know, I know two seconds ago, you know, I know she butt naked in, in the bed right now, but there's, mm-hmm. there's still consent, you know, yeah. the, or whatever the, the, the conversation you're having with yourself that prevents you from literally moving that conversation of questioning if, is this person in bed of their free will? Do they actually want me? Let's keep, mm. let's keep it real. Let's keep it 100. Yeah. Do they actually want me? And that's really the deeper conversation that may, you may be having with yourself. And again, mm-hmm. this is connected to um, how maybe, um, and again, neither, neither Red or I are psychologists here, or psychiatrists, so that's the disclaimer, but you know, this still may be connected to a sense of self-esteem that might have been um, damaged in whatever ways when you were younger or with that woman that you was with recently. Um, or just through life, because we all get beat up through life, and our self-esteem, you know, how we work with that, you know, it, it, or rather it starts to set standards or bars of what we think people expect from us or what we, if, if people, if we're deserving of this woman mm. being in my bed, is this real? Is this actually real? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You know, you know, and it is real. And yes, of course, you want you want consent, but that's, you know, you can, you don't got to have a, a you know, a mediator there to figure that out. You know, you can just, you know, it can be, it can be made pretty clear and someone, you know, that no longer wants consent should be able to voice that. And I'm sure you'd be like, okay, I guess we ain't doing this, but it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, but really it's about what is the conversation you're having with yourself that you think she may be having towards you? Is that actually a real thing? Right. And then that self esteem (laughs) part is coming into it too. Like, you know, why would she want me? Right. <laughs> or does yes. she even still want me? Like, does she change her mind? Like all of those things are back connected to that continual work then around self-esteem, around like how you view yourself, you know, even as a sexual being as desirable and all of that in these relationships. Yeah. And, and then, you know, speaking of narrative, you know, another issue that might be going on here is um, you're thinking too much. Um, if you're at the point where you're horizontal and you're, you're with someone that on paper wants to be with you, mm-hmm. you may be thinking too much as far as like whatever narrative in your head, it's like, okay, so now I do this. Do I crack a good joke or did we finish reading the letter? No. Let's finish reading the letter. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, okay. So All right. Yeah. Let's, I'm let's not finish, sure. Finish, finish, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure it's a sort of disassociation I do because of the abuse I suffered as a kid. Um, Even if the person likes me and is showing signs uh, that they want me, I don't understand it. I find it very difficult in the moment to use my voice, even to ask the girl to do things. Um, I've thought of that as an option, too, but I'm too anxious even to do that. So I'll just lay there next to her, afraid to touch her because I don't want to do something she doesn't want. I think of like flirty things to say in my head or ways okay. I could make a move, but I don't act on it. So this is the, the other part. I had a girl mm-hmm. literally in my bed 
uh, this weekend and I froze up to the point that I didn't make any moves on her. Like I just always feel like they don't like me or aren't really attracted to me. First of all, if a, if, if a woman uh, decides to get in the bed with you, I mean, she don't, she don't got to waste her time with you, baby. So if she there already, <laughs> <laughs> she want to be there. You know yeah. what I mean? This is not like, and you know, you know, just just to not to throw too much shade to our our, our straight brother and sister, but this ain't this is not necessarily a manipulative situation mm-hmm. where she's questioning whether she wants to be there or not. You know, if, if yeah. this lesbian, if this queer woman wants to is in the bed with you because she is, she won't be in bed with you. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, here's the. Yeah, another part to it. I've also dealt with the stress of being masculine of center and feeling like femmes expect a certain type of behavior from Mm. me and Mm. that's to be like very sexually aggressive and I'm the complete opposite. I feel like they end up thinking I'm not attracted to them, but this isn't the case. Yeah. Um, All right. So that's this is was etching on what I was just thinking earlier, where you may be in bed. There's a couple of things here. You can probably I'm sure you see them both, too, but. Um, the, you may be overthinking it in bed and you're trying to think of, like you said, clever things to say or romantic things to say. It's like, that's not what it's about. Every time you lay with someone, it's supposed to be a somewhat different experience. It's a journey. You have no idea what's around the corner, really. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, you know, you may know certain things about your partner. She likes this, she likes that. You like this, that, whatever, but um it's supposed to be an adventure but in order for it to be an adventure you have to be in the moment it's not about you know let me i don't want to forget my script this is what i say to get her in the mood or to have her show me in some way that you know she wants to be with me you know so i think you need to maybe practice being a, a, a lot more present and um don't always assume that you're the one that needs to take the lead per se. I mean, you can try that, but don't get so wrapped up in what you need to say and what you need to do. Just be present. Like if you want to just touch her, then just touch her. See where that, you know, uh-huh. goes or see where things go, you know, and if she's not, you know, rigid, like she literally don't move herself. She should react to whatever you do and just let, let it flow in tandem, honey. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I agree. And, and I think it's, 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 what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, it's honorable that you want to make sure that you have consent. Like, thanks. <laughs> it's also um, really sweet that you're trying to think of the things to say and, and trying to be like smooth and, and coy or whatever the thing is. Um, but at you, you have to recognize, and I guess you do, that you're at a certain point where you get so caught in that cycle of it that you can't move past it. And I kind of agree with what Hanifa is saying. Like, at some point, you just have to not think. (laughs) Like, once you think the thing, then you just move. Like, and stop playing out scenarios so much in your mind that you can't um, be in that space with the person who is there with you. Damn, is that the school? Yeah. Is time up? (laughs) Yeah, they got like two minutes to get here to class. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but now it's 2019. Fam, new year, new you, boo. I see you, fam. <laughs> um, back on the dating scene and entertaining a few women casually, working on your confidence. Um, but you're still missing out on opportunities to have sex with women you're really attracted to because of shyness and lack of understanding the social cues. It's like I never get that these women like me. And even if they do show interest, I don't fully get it until much later. Oh, I think this part is key. No, even if we do talk about initiating sex prior to meeting up, I'll get there and freeze and we'll just hang out. First of all, I'm 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 over here literally crumbling Mm. from how this young person is me. Wow. I am literally over here crumbling. She's young me. She may be old me to an extent. But even mm. even her timeline of abusive relationship, I'm like, oh my Lord. Wow. So I'm just I'm just over here getting my thoughts together, quite honestly. Okay. Um, I go back to it. So I'm not sure. I've also dealt with the stress of being masculine of center. 
and feeling like femmes expect a certain type of behavior from me. And that's to be like very sexually aggressive and I'm the complete opposite. I feel like they end up thinking I'm not attracted to them because this isn't the case. So the main question, how do I get over my social anxiety about initiating sex and intimacy with women? I don't want to keep missing out on opportunities and being friend zoned because I'm too afraid to make a move. This, there's so much um, here. And in order for me, Sam, to really get at what I think you may be experiencing, I'm going to have to be somewhat vulnerable. Mm. Okay. Um, which I'm willing to do. Um, I am, let me preface all this, that neither one of us are therapists, neither one of us are, got no degrees and nothing either close to no, you know, brain psychology, whatever, <laughs> but we are human. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. And we know what it is to feel. Yeah. Right. Um, and be vulnerable. Um, I, something I learned about uh, myself later in life um, and it is connected to probably every relationship I've been in to whatever degree it showed its face in, in different ways, but in particular, um, to an earlier relationship where I, well, I too was in an abusive relationship at the exact same age that you were in 2017. All right. And what I had to come to understand that um, I too, like many women were abused as a child. Okay. Won't go into particulars, but it happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and not even to solely point it to that, but to just the, the general experience of one trying to be a black girl, a girl, white girl, a girl, Asian girl, a girl in this mm -hmm. world, you're going to go to some levels of abuse that you have to try to navigate as a child and then continue to navigate as, um, a woman or a queer person or what have you, right? And what I think you may need to either talk to your therapist about um, is self-esteem issues. Because the way that it seems like it is, it keeps showing up in your life um, based on your letter is uh, one, the um, removal of your voice and then that literally connected to literally your body freezing up. Mm. Okay. okay. And because you're not, you weren't, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's how we learn how to navigate that. Cause you know, sex is power. Communication is power. You know, um, asserting yourself is a kind of power, um, or rather, um, um, claiming or committing to your presence in the world is a power that we all work to work, try to, work from it being taken away from us for whatever degree as we were children and work towards <laughs> as um as adults and how that shows up is in our relationships trying to acquire them and being in them um so look at that for yourself that you know how because you were able to you attracted someone who was abusive those people thrive off of those who um well, honestly, cannot fight back. Or that's not your that's not your soul culture to fight back. It's not like even like you know because you might have been abused. That's why you don't fight back. It just may be your where you how you're set in the world. You're not a fighter, and so people who do fight often are attracted to those kinds of people. And be and just as you've been oblivious to love, you also can be mm -hmm. oblivious to danger. So the first thing you need to learn how to do for yourself, forget about acquiring and maintaining a girlfriend, you need to learn how mm. to pick them. Okay, and really get in the habit of knowing what sorts of personalities are going to push your, your buttons as far as where you can become submissive to an extent, um, where you, it can lead to abuse and you got to stop it early. Like I'm talking about zero tolerance and this is about you understanding yourself. It's not yeah. about putting judgment on someone else, but if you don't, if you're not clear about a real clear boundary in your life, you're going to continue to introduce these kinds of people, especially if you're coming from a place of some sense of self scarcity, because you can't step to these women and you can't you know, you know, keep them because you ain't acting a certain way or blah, 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 blah. That's just keeping you kind of vulnerable. You know what I mean? So 
because you're not clear, you know, on who exactly is going to be mm -hmm. good for you. Okay. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I have more to say, but I'm gonna stop there and just pass the baton. <laughs> right. I also started thinking about too, like paying attention, like when you're in that, that, you know, new space and people are talking about their life experiences, like are people self-reflective at all? Mm. Are people mm. saying like, you know, it was, you know, it was my bad, you know, I was really in a selfish place or the black, or is it all like the other person who was just horrible, horrible, you know what I'm saying? And they're not in a space to take any ownership for, you know, anything that's happening. Like that, that could be another, that's a red flag for me. Like mm -hmm. when people yeah. are not like really in the space to identify their actions and how they affect other people. Exactly. That's a really good early flag because that can show up really early, mm -hmm. you know, and on simple things and you don't think that you kind of, you know, shoo it away because like, mm. but for someone like you, um, you should be mindful of certain uh, characteristics and people that you're like, mm, yeah, I don't know. That don't you feel know, right. That don't feel <laughs> right. And if it, if it ain't feeling out right early, mm, it gonna feel, it's going to feel worse later. Yeah. You and know? not to ignore it. Not to ignore it. Yeah, don't ignore it. Inspect it, rather. Yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, and come back yeah. to it. Yeah. The main thing that's sticking out for me now is... Um, okay, so... And, and my context for this is weird, but just, just follow with me. I'm watching this show, um, uh, Married at First Sight, right? <laughs> it's like a, a social experiment where people show up at the altar and they meet their partner and <laughs> go. And one thing that has happened in a couple of the seasons is that um, there are people there who, although they agreed to this setup, although they agreed to participate and they understand the parameters forming on demand, because these people are supposed to like really move as if they're in a marriage, right? They're supposed to, you know, consummate their what their marriage and and move in together and have a honeymoon, all this kind of stuff. Some people like physically, emotionally shut down at the um, at the request, maybe or demand that they do something a way that is not. Uh, normal for them. So if they normally take like a long time to get to know each other and be friends yes. first and like do all kind of stuff, has to walk up to this person, say hey, and tongue kiss them down in front of a room full of their friends and families, right? <laughs> like, absolutely, it's it's counterintuitive. Like the people are like not about this foolishness, and I think part of what I'm hearing is that. In these experiences, you're being, or you you are hearing the voice saying, I should do this differently. I should do this differently. I should do this differently. And because of that, like it is causing you to freeze and causing you to be so unsure about what move to make that you are spending more time listening to the voice than you are with the person who you're with, right? Um, that that voice that's saying like, oh, I should kiss her right now, or oh, I should um, I should be doing yes. something. Oh, I should, maybe yes. I should do this a different way, or or faster, or slow, like all of that. I also do not want to remove the fact that right now we are in a very um, aggressive, confrontational kind of culture, and so if you did do something that is is um, taken in another way other than maybe how you, you're intending it to go. You don't want to put anybody in a position where they feel like um, this was unwanted and they have been sexually assaulted, right? You don't want to put anybody in a position where um, like they haven't consented. Like it's a lot to, to, to juggle, but also like you don't want to be in a position where you get clowned and 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 like embarrassed publicly either right so there are a lot of things that you are having to manage and contend with 
in this moment where you're also expected to be aggressive and intimate and sexy and <laughs> and to perform. Oh, you're saying too much there. You made me lose my point, but I'm going to stay on yours for a second. They'll come back to me. <laughs> no, 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 that's real. No, but you're, you're hitting at something that is so, so at the root canal cause of a lot of stagnancy within our community and how we relate to each other and how it's hard to kind of remove ourselves from this kind of heterosexist world, right? Mm -hmm. um, because there's something at a core where it says that if we are the aggressor or the, the one that's gonna step, whoever that is, that there is a way that that can happen or there's a certain set of expectations um, or there's all of this. And so there's this whole narrative that's going through your head before you, before you even say hello and you can't simply be present from hello because you come in with it with all of this I supposed to and I'm going to do this because this mm -hmm. work before is. And you're not, you're not simply being present. So how can you really cultivate your voice with communicating with anyone, much less a romantic interest? Yeah. So what you're saying, Red, is like so just hitting it on the mark in regards to the why this person may be freezing up, why Sam may be freezing up. Um, cause I, I, man, I be, I stayed that deer mm -hmm. in headlight show. Like you have to catch me in a moment and I will be the smoothest motherfucker on earth. And I'm even amazed at how smooth I can yeah. be in these moments. <laughs> <laughs> but in most cases I'm not like, that's why I don't talk in clubs because I always sound awkward trying to shout mm. in somebody's ear. You know, like little things like that. Like I'm losing my voice and I start getting paranoid about losing my voice. And then I just, you know, I'm just, you know, miss dork. So I don't do it. You know, so you, it's like, put it like this. I learned that the only way someone's ever going to talk to me, it has to be, it can be in a public place, but it has to be quiet enough to talk or it ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. Not a real conversation and not for long, you know, and you'll understand that about yourself and what environments you're most comfortable to meet people and what maybe you may be little, you know, you may become a deer in headlights and you know what, if it happens, so the fuck what? I mean, at the end of the day, so, so what? Like, don't let nobody clown you. It's like, you just, it will get easier. The more you do it, even when, even when you're a deer in headlights, sometimes you can just persevere through, you know, because you've just out of reputation, reputation, a repetition of doing it, you know, like, so be, be embarrassed a few more times and just step to whomever, whomever, whatever, maybe even step to someone you're not as attracted to, whatever. Oh, oh don't do that. Don't do that. I'm sorry. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. I'm sorry. I just say, get the practice in, get the practice in. But I, 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 I see what you're saying with that as far as like, it might, you might be a lot more um, nervous if it's somebody that you're super, super into, like super just like, oh my God. But mm -hmm. you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're using somebody just, you know, to, to try. <laughs> right. But young one, but but beautiful, beautiful, young, gorgeous person. Understand that everybody is dynamite mm. from afar. So honestly, my whole thing is like it's, it's I, you can I can be enchanted by a woman in a club or wherever public space, and I'll just take her all in. You know what I mean? And I may or may not decide to talk, but trust me, it will all go out the window that she opens her mouth, but mm -hmm. she ain't no she ain't that cute no more. So don't get too much away too early before you've actually. Open the door to see who lives in the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't get, you give it too much away. No. Go ahead. No, no, no. Okay, so here's the thing that I... Oh, I'm sorry. No, I just remember what I wanted to say, and, I, and I'm, I'm again, it's, it's, it's make, no, I'm not vulnerable because I'm good with it. I'm very clear. But the, um, but I think something you may want to just shelve and see the way your life goes. Um... As you become more comfortable uh, with being whom you're with, and you you know you may freeze up in bed, that 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 can happen, um, and that's something that, that that's going to be your own personal journey. You know what I mean? As far as being able to be present with whomever you're with, whether you're just meeting them or they're actually in your bed, you know, that's really about the practice of being present, um, because anxiety in those situations and the deer headlight thing is all about what you're experiencing and it's not really including where you're mm. at experiencing it with whom. So that's something that will be 
massaged over time. You know what I mean? Um, but all that we're saying is that don't lock yourself yeah. into being one kinds of person. You know, don't identify yourself as someone who has anxiety. Don't identify yourself as someone who's this, that, or that, especially if you're thinking of it as a negative. Just see yourself as a young person trying to learn how to navigate mm-hmm. the world for yourself. Fuck off everybody else. You know, because once you learn how to navigate it for yourself, people will conform to the world that you're creating for yourself. And you'll attract more of those people who understand how you navigate the world. Okay? That's that. But what I wanted to say was something you may want to look into um, <laughs> is, and you may not you may not have seen it in yourself or embraced it or see it for what it is. I don't know. And I may be completely wrong. Um, something else that sometimes is within people who sometimes wind up gravitating to abusive relationships or aggressive women, feminine women. Hello. (laughs) Um, (laughs) is that there is a submissive part of you. And I'm saying this and with all Mm -hmm. of the positivity then one can say submissive, okay? And that's something that you have to, if you feel that what I'm saying is just made you kind of raise an eyebrow, okay? That you may need to look in for yourself because if there is a part of you that is submissive, and I, again, this is a positive thing. If there's a part of you that is there's a submissive thread to your sexuality, to how you express yourself, then that is going to inform the kind of woman that you want in your life mm-hmm. and the boundaries to set around yourself when you start to understand really what it is to have a submissive character in bed. Or you, and you may be versatile, but there, I'm saying somewhere in you, there's a part of you that would enjoy being submissive as opposed to the aggressor. And if that is, that means you have to find women who understand that. Again, understanding mm-hmm. yourself, then you understand the love that you want. <laughs> okay? So I just wanted yeah. to say that because that's what yeah, I was reading. Yeah. Oh, boy. There for the grace of God. so right so what what that you may have been raised with growing up Mm -hmm. female right and so growing up female are there any taboos for you around being sexually aggressive right is that something that you know and just good girls do right (laughs) and all of those lessons that we're learning um as children especially if there is so if there's trauma involved then you definitely retract or change dramatically the way that you show up sexually um, in spaces because you have now had um, multiple experiences that have been um, damaging for you And so those lessons become embedded, even if we don't understand what we're doing, we're kind of playing out uh, some of those learned behaviors um, from our childhood and just from the experiences that that you've had, even though this relationship um, that kind of harkened back to or reminded you of the abuse that you had as a child completely different person, but it feels similar. And if that is the case, um, how did working through that look for you? Because if you didn't have an opportunity to address what it felt like to be emotionally vulnerable with someone who betrayed you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And to be dismissed, or to be um, disregarded, or you know whatever those situations are. Masculine center people have to deal with a lot of rejection. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so when you show up in those spaces, then you're putting yourself in a position um, to be accepted or rejected, which a lot of people cannot manage emotionally mm-hmm. because we haven't talked about trust. We haven't talked exactly. about um, emotional security. We haven't talked about making each other feel safe and and um, 
and comfortable. Like there's a lot of things that haven't happened here. This, this, uh, Sam, the, first of all, just speaking to all the femmes who do not know, so I'm not talking about the grown ones, I'm not, I'm not talking about your aggressive femmes either, but to all the femmes that do not know, you know, what a woman, her relationship to masculinity in public, in the world, is literally, a, can be a different thing than how she expresses herself in bed and what gets her off in bed and what makes her feel strong in bed. Right. Mm. So that's one thing that this young person is trying to navigate. All right. So this here, here's my here's a little suggestion for you. I, I get the dear lights things, you know, like, OK, here's that you're in you're in bed. Right. And you're, you're freezing up and 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 all of that, because f somehow you got in bed. <laughs> so whatever bit of aggression, <laughs> no, whatever yeah. bit of aggression, Something prac <laughs> aggressive practices you used. Or being assertive, I don't like the word aggressive, but assertive practices you used <laughs> to get this woman in bed, whatever that was, one, revisit it, one, <laughs> see what it was. But you may have felt that you had to continue that in bed, all right? Now, here's the, here's the trick. Where I feel that masculine women who are versatile in bed or masculine women who have anxiety and may be expected to lead the way, all right? Um, or masculine women who, you know, at some times resent leading, you know, yeah. having to, 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 to lead, you know, the way All or the set the yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Actually, I'm not talking to that, 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 that situation. It's more so <laughs> someone that is more versatile that, you know, is, is conflicted with, the comfortability she has with projecting a certain kind of masculinity in the world, like you're completely comfortable, that's your shit. You're in your, you're in your your life's blood, but you know that 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 your all that gender is fluid and sexuality is fluid and fluid throughout the day and through and fluid throughout the situations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so there's this sometimes there's this pressure to be always beholden to what is seen in a particular situation. So what I learned to do you know, when I'm not having dear, you know, headlight moments <laughs> <laughs> is I, is I choose to set the tone for my sake. So what I mean by that is, um, if we are somehow having a conversation, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm open. Like I make it clear that I like this person, I continue it on, you know, um, what I don't, and I'm very open. Um, I allow her, I give her the opportunity to see all of me, this parts of me that's feminine, like take me in a little bit, you know what I mean? And that can happen on a date that whatever, but, but not a date that's like you putting on like, you know, faces and, you know, taking other places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm talking about the, the earlier, okay, this is what I'm trying to say. I'm, 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 I'm jumbling my words really just to say this, the older you get, the the easier it is for you to be more of yourself yourself up front mm. and say this is you know kind of who i am and, and set um the pace and like even if you're not ready to go to bed with you want to but you you're sure you're not ready you got to be open about that but you got to say it in a way god it's like it's almost like it's hard to say it's, it's, you only can just do it but you have to say it in a way that is affirming to you and it sort of and it kind of gets sets the tone so if she's not with it it's kind of saying that you ain't with it then fuck you really really yeah. <laughs> that's really what it's what it's about but you have to be use that masculine energy to say this is the tone i'm especially if you know there's a side of you that's going someone you're, you're trying to attract someone that's going to honor that side of you you have to set the tone for yourself. And honestly, as I'm talking, I'm like, I'm not sounding like I'm crazy saying this, but it's just like, it's how <laughs> I've kind of navigated to be more upfront of who I am a lot earlier. Cause I've been in situations, funny, where, you know, I don't wanna say a bitch, but someone that says, oh, just like all these butchers, I mean, you always wind up on your back to anyone. I'm like, what kind of shit you gonna say? Some, some shit butchers always wind up on their back to me and we in bed. What kind of demeaning <laughs> shit is that, bitch? Like, I'm trying to get off too, you know? So I think we need to have a march. Hold on. 
Because I'm sounding crazy now, so I'm just going to get crazier. No, because I'm, I'm feeling Sam. I'm feeling Sam, and it makes it worse. So I'm just saying you got to find your voice, and you kind of kind of have to set the stage, you know, and in that stage you have to be able to say no. And um, I have no idea if that's even going to help, but there's a, there's, there's a part of me that I, I you have to kind of get a – a hold of who you are before you're clear on how to really connect with anyone else and deal with issues of anxiety with anyone else. I, it, I think, you know, just dealing with your own anxiety around your own self before even bringing someone into it, it may be helpful. Honestly, honestly, Sam, honestly, Sam, um, in your letter, you, you know, you say you could be lying down in bed and you can't make a move. This is going to sound crazy, but stand up. So and this is what I mean by stand up. If you express yourself masculine, if your if your if your public demonstration is is like masculine, or you know how to somewhat navigate, even being a little bit masculine in your body, you can use that when you stand up to kiss a woman, or you're standing up and kissing a woman. Is it holding her? It's a. This is gonna sound crazy, but I'm telling you, I swear by this. I much prefer to stand. The first time I kiss a woman to stand up and and to kiss her because the way you can hold a woman standing up, even the way your your core, everything is centered, you can fully express that all of that power that is masculinity, if you will. Especially if, if you're lucky enough to be tall enough, that's even better. But <laughs> but even when you're not, and that I have been in that many situations. Mm-hmm. I've had girlfriends taller than me without heels. Okay. <laughs> It's like something about the standing position gives you a solid foundation to really navigate taking someone's body in without it being expressly sexual. But once you get horizontal, there's like this thing, okay, we got to take it further and further and further and further. But it's something about your standing as far as that first interaction. It can also set boundaries around it. So it can just Mm -hmm. be what it is, a fucking kiss. You know, and it would take both of your momentum to make it horizontal. (laughs) <laughs> now, I hope try it. <laughs> I, cause no, cause I've been on whole dates where I'm over here sweating bullets on just trying to kiss someone, and I'm feeling awkward while I'm sitting down, and I realized I needed to get up and kiss her, and all of that awkwardness just fell out the window once I actually stood up. You know what I mean? And I just never, I just, I'm going to pass that on because sometimes you know I, I connect the the. The way you hold yourself physically, what position you're in, your intentions, all of that can, they can manipulate each other. So sometimes being in a horizontal position right off the bat, you know, it's like they ain't nowhere but up, but there's no gray areas, no middle ground. But when you're standing up, it's, you know, you're standing up, looking each other in the eyes, you're, you're kissing, you know, you're both grounded and it can easily, it can go to new heights or it can just stop right there and be a beautiful thing, Okay. you know. So that's the safe space you might want to try. Because, <laughs> you know, under that, I hear you. Women are scary. They are scary. <laughs> Women are you and I, Sam, the ones we're attracted to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boo. Well, you, both of you got okay. a, a lot of variety <laughs> from your aunties this time. <laughs> I hope we were able to help anybody <laughs> because we're we're it's interesting like we're figuring it out we have figured some of it out some of it is is fluid it's moving and a lot of it just depends on who you are and who you're with like so a lot of it there is no solid answer there is no one way um for sure you, you gotta gotta push through <laughs> I can't y'all can see red now. She like in her bed like, yeah, baby, just push through. <laughs> she <Yeah>. ready to <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. push through. No, I so like. I think what you said I in know, the beginning know, is so true. Like, you have to be totally vulnerable um, in order to answer some of these questions, and you have to be very um, willing to be open in a way that's um that's that's scary right um and so i i hope Mm -hmm. that uh what we gave is helpful i hope that um you know there were able to be some aha moments all right with that being said (laughs) 
we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Um, and this was wonderful. Like we love reading um, you all's letters um, about life and just trying to figure it out because yeah, it's 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 not always black and white. And you know, you can read books into the, the day, but sometimes you just need to ask an auntie. And that's who we bees. So if you want to holler at your gay aunties. Uh, you can holler at us uh, with uh, your letters of questions and concerns and complications. <laughs> your gay aunties at gmail.com. And also, please follow us on Instagram and share in episodes. We put up clips um, every week. Um, share those clips to spread the word about your gay aunties. And yeah, and with that being said, I am Hanifa Walida. And I am Red Summer. And we're your gay aunties. Thank you.